Ship's Log, Entry 10-21 An away team aboard the repair ship Anemone went missing during a routine mission to calibrate a communications satellite. Captain Slack Demille deployed Tilly's monsters to find the missing crew, which includes Bridget Govins and Cortazar the Illithid. Arriving at the satellite, the strike team found no signs of conflict. In fact, it appeared as if the team members had walked off the job willingly. Each member of the Tully's crew struggled with the emotional burden of the mission. Beaufort Gubbins became violently enraged, lashing out at witnesses and suspects. Max Ina was forced to pilot the abandoned Anemone craft, raising the specter of their abandoned career in Ardwing, and Wendy McDonald suffered a panic attack at the thought of being confronted by fey creatures seeking revenge for the experiments conducted on her fairy host body. Then, the search for their missing friends took a surprising turn. It turned out that the crew of the Anemone had been by a ship full of This species, once thought to be a mere legend, were attempting to and desperately entreated the Velvet Fox Initiative for assistance. They're building an error, error, error. Something is wrong. Tick, glide, shatter, sunrise, radio, contain, carrot, sunshine, fist, sentence. Please stand by for hard reset of all critical systems. Yeah, for, for listener reference, this is the first episode we've recorded since the first Away episode went up. Like, <laughs> that should give you a sense of like the, how the time dilation is going. Mm-hmm. The time uh, dilation. I, look, the, the further the season goes on, the, the more separated we become from the listening audience. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, we heard your complaints several months ago. Now they're finally being put into action. Oh, no, no, no. We, we're just going to barrel full steam ahead. Any complaints, you've got no chance of changing anything. Listen. Austin, edit out, edit out episode four and replace it entirely with that one episode of Star Trek The Next Generation where Picard goes to the fuck planet. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be four months before they hear this. I just checked my you know You know why they created that episode? Picard, I believe, or not Picard, fucking uh, Patrick Stewart went to the, the showrunner and we're like, look, this old man is boring. He needs to have sex and shoot people. <laughs> look, look, just like any person playing D&D, your char- you want people to know your character fucks. <laughs> Wendy does not fuck. Wendy, I don't, she doesn't even have the equipment for that, I don't think. Um, I say this and I'm like, yeah, no, ex- explicitly we have a show where several characters have not wanted to fuck, but a lot of, a lot of D&D characters want to fuck. Um... <laughs> Anyway, uh, when last we left off, you were on a partially constructed room floating in space full of grey aliens. Uh, Mm -hmm. uh, Basically, 
they're, they're trying to they're trying to make a room to stop uh, stop you all forgetting what they tell you, uh, so they can pass on some information that's going to be useful. You've not actually talked to any of them yet, so that is an option. Uh, what what do you want to do? Is everybody here now? Because I was sent ahead as like a scout, and I don't know if I've. Yeah, I think we're all here. I for the last week, by the way, I've been thinking about the visual of like. Buford rampaging through these greys and then the camera just pulls out and it's just the viewpoint of the of Wendy's cloak showing a really bad alternate reality. <laughs> uh, Hopefully they don't notice that. I mean that that would be the uh the the you know the dramatic adaptation that's how we'd sort of film the the opening to this episode. But yeah, uh I think last we left off, uh, Buford was chatting to Bridget, but that was uh, sort of where we left things. What do people want to do? Hola, Graylians. I am Wendy McDonald. I come in peace. And I put my ice pick behind my back. Unconvincingly. <laughs> <laughs> are you are you actively trying to hide it or are you just... Like, uh, <laughs> I just thought it would be funny a... to say. <laughs> <laughs> um... One of them is going to step forward and welcoming you uh, and say, uh, Hello, um, I am Govel. Uh, can I um, answer anything for you? I suspect this is probably a lot. This bug guy is my friend. Can I take him? I, I mean, there's no reason you can't take him. Um, we, we largely... Mm, we largely had him here as reassurance for uh, your friend with the big arm that uh, his sister was going to have someone around that wasn't us to keep an eye on her. But, I mean, we're open to you taking... She She's the one we need working on stuff right now. That was a test, gerbil. You passed. I... I'm glad? <laughs> also, uh, did you call me gerbil? Is that not your name? Oh, it's close. It's close enough. Hello. <laughs> uh. <laughs> this is where we find out in gray culture if someone mispronounces your name, that becomes your name. Oh, no. <laughs> wow, what's what lore? Look, you've said it now. Here it is. Uh, gerbil, gerbil sighs in disappointment uh, and. <laughs> <laughs> looks back at you hoping you don't mis mispronounce their name again. Oh no. What a precedent. <laughs> too much this is too much power to put in Wendy's uh, little hands, you know. Just... I, I I think it has to very specifically be an accident. It can't oh, yeah. be malicious. Uh, yeah, it can't be like sorry about that Thor, God of Thunder or something. Just make him sound cool. <laughs> yeah. Look, look, species, if, if enough species keep forgetting you exist, you start going, okay, you think that's my name? Okay, fine, fine. That's my name now. If, if you can remember that much, I'll, I'll roll yeah. with it. You can't, you can't just roll up and mispronounce your name as like St. George Cool FM 103.5, which oh. is the actual name for a minor league hockey team. I'm just going to say that out loud. Um, <laughs> oh, look at you knowing sports. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or Dr. Fart. Are we in danger here? Or is there people coming? Should we set up a defensive barrier? Or am I just waiting for you to finish building a thing? I mean, um, you're, you're not in danger here, specifically. Uh, the joys of not being remembered is you very rarely have people coming looking for you. 
Yeah, sorry about that. I thought you were a fae, and I was. It was a whole. I went on a journey emotionally last. Oh, I'm, episode. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm not a fae. No, it's okay. I didn't really want to face that. That's that uh, was too much. I'm sorry. You had to face things not knowing you wouldn't have to face them. Man, my life. Am I right? <laughs> what a day here in space. Oh, I've just realized you're going to forget. You're going to forget that you didn't find a fae here, and oh, you're gonna have to go go through that emotional journey all over again, huh? Hmm. That'll teach future Wendy to have feelings. Like Max is sort of like standing a little bit wide and trying to keep their eyes on like as many people as possible, <laughs> uh, without looking away, hearing some of what's going on, and we'll say, so. What is the purpose of what's being built here by uh, Bridget? Um, the the way that um, memory works around us is a little strange, as you've noticed. Um, if you're looking at us, you can remember us. And once we're out of sight, you're not going to remember. And then if you look at us again, you'll go, Oh, yes, I remember that, that whole conversation. I had with you, I remember all of that. And that can be a little bit... Um, can be a little bit tumultuous, it can be a little bit uncomfortable when that uh, all comes back to you. We're trying to create a space that will allow you to keep some permanent memories of what we have to tell you, because um, we might be the only people who know quite what you're up against. Hmm. So you're trying to construct something that will basically keep you in perpetual like periphery vision of everyone else kind of um it's more that we're trying to create a room where memories you create of us while in that room are a bit more set in stone than usual mm. that's that's sort of what we're going for can we call this room the save slot i i mean basically it's a save slot for the for the uh the the uh, what would you call it? Like the 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 codex of uh, all the information you learned here. So you can come back and and search all your data files of, of what happened here. Everything not saved will be lost. <laughs> Quote Miyamoto. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Miyamoto, the most famous illithid of all time. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, so how he does jumping? <laughs> <laughs> how did your? How does your? your memory effect work is it biological is it just something that your people evolved it, um, it... as as best we understand it is a biological defense mechanism um at some point far our, uh, far far earlier in our evolution we i <clears throat> i suppose it would be similar to how other species develop camouflage uh, you sort of right. physically change yourself so you're not seen. Uh, the evolutionary advantage we seem to stumble upon was if you can get out of sight of a predator, it forgets it ever saw you. And that was clearly biologically advantageous enough that it stuck around uh, up until the point where it was somewhat of a hindrance. So, n next question. Does this also extend to like anything that's recorded of you does it screw up uh like audio and visual recordings i'm asking could i put sort of a transparent watermark of your face over my my hud here 
Ah, uh, you you could certainly try, but either the footage ends up getting getting messed up, or you look at the footage and see us, and then you look away from the footage and you stop remembering that you saw us in the footage. It's people have tried to cap. We've tried to put recordings of ourselves in places with limited success. As much as I love science class, uh, we did come out here for a mission. Did everyone f forget about the satellite back there, or is it not fixable, or do we not care? We were trying to contact, uh, what's it called? Mirth? I think it's Soul, actually. Yeah, that's a, it's, it's, a, it's the water inside of it. I've read a book once. <laughs> is that something you need to roll deception for? <laughs> <laughs> All right, you caught me. I've never read a book. Jeez. <laughs> uh, uh, Gerbil responds, um, I do recognize we have taken uh, at least one of your people off of a project they were working on, and we are happy to put our scientists onto helping with your uh, satellite once, once uh, th this is done. We just... <clears throat> We we are, we know the nature of what Yaush is, and it's probably important, particularly for you. Uh, he looks at Wendy uh, to understand. Oh no! Why would that be? I have I don't fuck with beholders. I don't know any beholders. I'm not on a first name. I have never beheld one. <laughs> I mean, you've <laughs> beheld a beholder. <laughs> I guess that one that almost killed us last mission, yeah. but she, <laughs> she she's being defensive. Yeah. I've never even seen a beholder before. What are you talking about? Who are you? <laughs> I, I've never kissed a beholder. You can't <laughs> prove it. I, there are no pictures of it. I don't have a beholder body pillow in my room right now. Definitely uh. not. Um, <laughs> Jobble looks to you and says, uh, I, I'm, I, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to offend. I'm not suggesting you personally have any involvement, but, um, you are an illithid hybrid, uh, from a particular group of illithid hybrids, yes. Yeah, oh, this is some Rommel shit, isn't it? That motherfucker. How big is his gun now? Uh, quite large last we were aware. Oh, man, I'm sorry, y'all. <laughs> this is on Wendy for real. <laughs> Well, hold on. If it gets big enough, he, he he won't be able to carry it anymore. If you want to find out where Yaush is, you are going to need to go visit Wendy's old uh, compatriots. They are responsible for turning Yaush into what he is now. Oh, fuck my entire fairy ass. Is... Wait... Are you implying that Yaush is like some sort of beholder illithid hybrid now or something? That is exactly what I am implying. And I'm gonna take a guess, based off the fact that he seemed to pretty quickly uh, knock out a regular beholder, is this some sort of hive tyrant mind witness? Whoa, somebody's read the monster manual. <laughs> <laughs> Um, <laughs> look, we, we, we don't know the specific names of the specific types. What we can tell you is your old friends managed to put a tadpole inside a beholder and 
it didn't take as well as they would have liked. And, uh... Hmm. Mind... A mind witness is probably the correct word. But... Yavsh is perhaps something a little more dangerous. Oh, gosh. Ah, uh, hmm. How much do you all know about Beholder Brains? I think I, Dan, actually know this, but Buford wouldn't. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to get you to do some kind of role to see whether any of you would know this in uh, any, like, the start of this in character. Medicine? Uh... Uh, yeah, medicine is probably, right? Yeah. G- give me, give me, a, yeah. Medicine is. Ah, uh, 12. 15 with a minus one? <laughs> okay, as a party, you, uh, you, you fail. Uh, for an individual, Max might know the very basics of this, that beholder brains are kind of segmented. A little bit. Right. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Which also explains, like, why the eye stalks kind of operate randomly when the beholder's trying to use them, because the yeah. part of the brain that's asking it to do something is different than the parts of the brains that control the eye yeah. stalks. They, 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 have a lot of, they have a lot of brain and a lot of brain power, but there is a bit of division across the brain, and, like, that can be sometimes an issue. Uh... So, so it's like we have a multi-core processor in there, but only one of the cores has been illithidized, and it might be spreading out in a certain way, so there's almost like the brain's fighting against itself in some ways. Basically, yes. Uh, a gerbil the Great uh, sort of uh, says to you, uh, yes, so, um, Yaush did not enjoy... The idea of being uh, illithidized, um, pretty, pretty aggressively tried to sear into his own brain to stop the thing making making its way across, and uh, put simply, part of his brain is slowly being ceramorphosized, and over time. That tadpole's really trying to trying to get to more of that brain, and uh, it has made a beholder that is very, very angry to have a second voice in its head. Mm. Uh, so, yeah, your uh, your friends Wendy really have caused a bit of a a bit of a problem. So there's good news and bad news. The bad news is. This is a combination of the two deadliest species in the galaxy, but with none of their weaknesses. The good news is... And she just lets the silence go for as long as everyone will let it. <laughs> the, the Max will just sort of quip. Well, the good news is that means now you have two targets for that ice pick of yours in that, in that skull. Oh, Wendy turns to you, puts a hand on your shoulder and says, Thank you, Maxi Max. I really needed that. Um, so, yes, I'm, I'm really hoping that you know where to find your old compatriots, because if you're going to have any chance of finding where Yash has ended up, they're your best bet of finding out. Oh, shit. I had no idea this was going to happen. Uh, Laura's throwing me a curveball. Does, does Wendy know or should I roll? <laughs> uh, I, this, this is a... 
in in character, do you think Wendy would would know? I think she would know like a place that that like Rommel used to work out of. I think there's like a fifty fifty chance he's moved on. You know, like a, when a sniper takes a shot, you like you don't sit there forever. You know. Yeah, yeah, I I think so. Uh, do uh, I'm trying I'm trying to think how we want to respond. The illicit hybrid yeah. equivalent of like the biker bar they all go to hang out at between <laughs> jobs. You know, it's like the Legion of Doom. There's a couple different flavors, right? It could be the lab where Wendy was made. It could be some kind of secret bunker. It could be any number of things. Yeah. If if you've got a place in mind that you think would be the last place that you that you'd that that they would have been, uh, I am I am open to wherever you think that would be. Yeah, my first instinct would be like the the experimental lab, like where Wendy, Rommel, and Cortazar were created, and then I guess where Yaush was created. This is news to me, um, and you know I don't know if there's a, a, the Elder Brain that Wendy on some level really misses might be there. Maybe it's been abandoned. She hasn't been there in you know two years or however, however long she's been on the Resubian. Indeed, yeah. I recognize I'm throwing some curveballs today. I. Today, today I was like, I want to throw some stuff out here so I have to fucking act on my feet. So this is going to be a fun session. <laughs> so Beaver will tap his chin at this conversation and go, well, you know, if you think about it, Wendy, you and Cortazar broke free of the uh, your your creators. Who's to say that little little tadpole couldn't? I mean, it sounds like it's being piloted by the by Yaush currently. Yeah, beholders aren't supposed to work together, but Yash is get- gathering allies. So, I mean, clearly something has changed. But the problem is, I, I, it sounds like he's changing for the worst in every possible way, adding up all the bad things about mind flayers and all the bad things about beholders, and together being double bad. Yeah, especially because given what we've seen during the peace talks at the research station, and otherwise, it all seems to trace back to Yash in terms of wanting to start a war and then gathering up allies to sweep things up, you know? And not decide with the kidnapper who definitely wants us dead, but someone did stab him in the brain, and, you know, you don't gotta hand it to him, but I could see how a person might want to hand it to him. Yeah, and at the same time, the tadpole did try to get disintegrated by the person whose brain they're in, so probably, probably not too happy about that either. It's it's not going to be a fun first impression if you you're like mm, yum tasty brain oh no there's a laser trying to slice into me oh my god is that oh is, I hadn't even like closed my eyes and pictured it is it like you get the the tadpole in your brain and you turn the eye laser on yourself like and you're trying mm-hmm. to zap it yeah. out yeah so yeah that's Don't. that's what uh that's what Jubble was sort of trying to impl- uh, to to get across is. Yaush's response to being uh, the tadpole being inserted was to turn one of their own eye lasers upon themselves to try and create either either worsen the divide between bits of the brain or create scar tissue or just something that would slow down the tadpoles working through the brain. It's like uh, it's like what a Superman did to that uh, that one villain from the Elite, where he did fucking heat vision through the guy's cornea. To lobotomize the part of his brain that gave him superpowers. It's, Whoa! It's 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 explicitly the like I've been bitten by the zombie. I'm gonna try and cut off my arm to stop the spread. Mm-hmm. But you don't usually do that with the brain. <laughs> yeah, you don't amputate your brain uh, normally. 
No. Sometimes. No. Sometimes, though. Not unless you really hate the idea of having someone live in your head. Listen, when you're really desperate and you're really angry, you make certain choices. Yeah. Damn, this is actually uh, sick. This is <laughs> every Bond villain has like their signature deformity, which is kind of a problematic element of the series. But it definitely someone with a laser scar in their own. Face that, that's that, gonna be the that's, yeah. That's gonna be the hardest part about fighting. Yeah, we should be like, oh man, it's a fucking sick ass scar you have. But we can't be enemies. You look too fucking cool, man. Can't we be friends? You know. Yeah, I oh, mean, well, I've, I've I've been thinking about what I want to do with Yash for so long. I'm so happy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Yeah. So if if Wendy knows where the lab is, she'll like lead the team there, and we'll see if anyone's home. If not, raid the place, look for clues. I don't yeah. know. Uh, so my only sort of two remaining questions, I guess, are: Are you leaving Cortazar uh, behind here, or are you pushing to take Cortazar with you? No, someone needs to guard Bridget. And well, hold on. We also have another problem. The moment I leave this room, because we haven't, or we leave this place, since we haven't finished building this room yet, I am going to forget what occurred here, and then immediately turn back and go on a rampage. <laughs> uh, yes, we've we've been thinking about this, and uh, we think we have a solution. Um, and. Uh, you are handed a cassette with a little sort of uh, holographic recording that can be played back to you. Um, I will find... When you said cassette, I thought we were being given a future VHS tape. Look, there's no reason it can't be flavoured as a future VHS tape. Um, look, as soon as we moved away from VHS tapes as a technology, we got far fewer recordings of UFOs, so maybe we need to go back to the old analogue tech. Oh, it's the only um, thing that can record greys. Analog video. <laughs> the wonder. Um, I, I suggest this and I'm like, oh, no, no, that's basically just the fucking plot of uh, Nope. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, you're, you're handed this, uh, this recording and uh, as you play it, uh, it is a recording of Bridget, uh, who is positioned in such a way that none of the greys are in the footage. Uh, and it seems to have recorded okay. Uh, and she says, Buford, I know you're scared because I'm missing, but I promise you I'm safe. I'm on an important mission, and while you won't know what that is for a while, I promise you that I'm doing important work, and I need you to trust me to finish it. I know you want to come find me, but I need you to do something first. Uh, at which point she starts basically reiterating that uh, you need to help Wendy find her old companions because they know something about how Yash was created. Mm -hmm. Okay, Buford will download this video and put it on his desktop as a watch me uh, entry in his his HUD with a with a like with a uh, Bridget icon, you know. Something on there, maybe, or yeah, yeah. There, he'll he'll like he'll increase its size to far too big, so it, it obscures his vision, so he can't not <laughs> oh, look <gosh>. at it. <laughs> uh, but yes, it, it it she she ends by giving the coordinates of where you currently are and saying, uh, "Please trust me and wait until you have finished that job before coming to find me. I promise this will make sense later." Okay, uh, and the recording ends.
be before we we head out at all uh, Buford is going to walk over to Bridget and I guess try to take as much privacy as he can in a situation where he always has to be looking at a gray in some way uh if if you make it clear that you want some privacy you can get to a corner where there is just one gray in vision and that gray has their finger uh, their their hands like <laughs> oh. Over where their ears are. Yeah. <laughs> don't, uh, don't. Which is just sort of like a hole in the side of the head. Yeah, Gervin, don't you listen to me. Oh no, he's named, he's named Gervin now. <laughs> no. Uh, I will do my I will do my best not to listen to you because if you accidentally say my name wrong again and I'm not listening to you, it's fine. Uh, thanks, Garvin. <laughs> uh, oh god. Well, what a charming culture they must have. <laughs> Uh, okay, yeah, he'll um, he'll he'll turn to Bridget and say, um, "Look, you uh, you a few minutes ago, when uh, we first walked up here, said to me that you wanted to be like me, Bridget. I never want you to think like that. The moment that you signed up for this ship, hell, years before that, you were already doing more good than I ever was. I." appreciate that but you are the strongest bravest person I know and I just I just want to help and to me looking at you is how how I get there He'll uh he'll pull her into a hug, and I guess I guess try to also angle that so it doesn't obscure. The, it's a very awkward hug. It, it doesn't. It's a very third wheeled hug. Yeah. There is a gray in front of you and a gray behind you for Bridget to see in the hug. Mm-hmm. And uh, he'll um he'll he'll pat her on the shoulder and go, "All right, you finish work. So what? what's this room? What are you doing? Like, how is this room going to work? Is it just like a bunch of mirrors? Sort of like an infinity hallway? Uh, it is the mental equivalent to a hall of mirrors. Um, uh, we know the sorts of metal that interfere with things like uh, uh, me- uh, telepathic communication, and it seems that there is some kind of component similar to that in how this all works. So we're basically trying to trap all of the thoughts about the greys in the room reverberating back and forth long enough to stick in your brain hey honest question because i i've been thinking about this uh, i've realized i've been thinking (laughs) about the greys in some way and i i didn't confirm this do they wear clothes um i in in my canon they are completely nude so we're we're in like (laughs) we're out in the void of space currently uh yes (laughs) <laughs> have they have they ever just tried wearing a spacesuit? <laughs> like so you um, know, like a sort of an invisible man type scenario. They they gotta uh, try that one before. Uh um Garvin looks to you. Sorry, I had to check what their name currently was. Garvin looks to you and says, Yes, we've tried. Uh we've tried many Many, 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 many things. Uh, we tried communicating via song, hoping that the song would be, ca- if the song was catchy enough, you'd remember us. Didn't work. Uh, we tried. Well, have you considered the song wasn't good enough? Oh, oh no, no. It was, it was a banger. It was a banger. <laughs> Don't worry. We'll play it for you when you like get back, so you can remember it. You, it'll, it'll, it'll blow you away. Is, is it is just the is it just the theme to the X Files TV show? Is that all it is? Uh, you know. Uh, 
I I kind of I was thinking it's gonna be around the world by Daft Punk is what I was honestly thinking. <laughs> now see I was gonna go it's um I'm blue dub a d dub a doll uh, by Eiffel ninety five. Oh good gosh. <laughs> It's pretty- it's cat. It, look, if anything was, and if an alien was going to create music catchy enough to like be remembered, it would be that. <laughs> that means that the music video was a documentary in that in that one as well. Yeah, so. that blue alien was just trying to get you to remember. <laughs> we didn't take them seriously. Um, nope. Wendy is going to say goodbye to Cortazar. Just be like, remember your shields, okay? I don't want to repeat that stuff with the last beholder where you just floated around, right? Remember where you got, your, you got all your shields with you? Show me them. Hey, hey, I've, I've, I've got all my shields with me. And, hey, hey. While getting ready for this mission, I did do some anti-gravity training. I'm going to be much better if there's no gravity next time. Hell yeah, pound it. Hell yeah. <laughs> uh, so, you are going to go head off to the lab where uh, last Wendy was aware the Illithid hybrid project was operating out of. Um, do you want to give me any flavor to this location? Oh man, this is this is so much all at once. I didn't. I don't have a name for the project or anything, but um, you better come up with some good ideas, Austin. Or I'm just gonna throw a bunch of fast food memes and uh, puns your way. So, <laughs> I, yeah. Look, I have been resisting for a while the idea of your origin story taking place in a combination Pizza Hut and Taco Bell. <laughs> yeah, the elder brain I escaped from, the Burger King. Um, <laughs> I had I had Taco Bell for the first time this week, and then I had it three more times. Holy shit, are you okay? I mean, and what do you mean by that? Because there's a lot of ways that could, that response oh, no. can go. <laughs> Um, I think that if there's this cutting edge of mind flayer technology because in, in the canon, you know, mind flayers are said to have invented like time travel technology. They've existed since the beginning of time. There's all these like legends about them. I think they really are, are like the most advanced. And so the most advanced thing scientifically that humans have been able to conceive of is the Dyson sphere. Are we aware of this? Yeah, we. Uh, I brought it up last episode. Uh, well, aren't you special? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's my uh, it's my one one ability. Useless trivia. Uh-huh. How, how dare Dan have heard of the thing you were hoping Dan would have heard of? Yeah, no, I just yeah, I didn't want to mansplain Dyson spheres to Dan. Um, but the idea is you basically build a big uh, thing around a star and try to capture all of its energy. But the reason that they will never be built is because it's unfeasible. <laughs> Stars are really really big, and so I imagine they tried to build one. It was abandoned, and it's just like there is a star somewhere here in the far realm that has like this half-finished structure built around it. And you know, this elder brain that Wendy was a part of their hive mind, like was like, oh, I'm just gonna come here and do experiments where I won't be bothered. Um, and uh, she doesn't know if the brain is still there. And I think if we're if we're traveling, she might even like say like, hey, I never really talk about this, but. Um, even though I defected to the other side of this conflict, um, this is hard for me to say, but, uh, I, I have complicated feelings about my elder brain leaving the hive mind is like cutting off a limb and I, I hate everything they stand for, but on some level I'm worried that I will want to stay if I get too close. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, Beaver would nod to that. Family is 
pretty important, and I think that's the most ana- analog analogous similar <laughs> uh, analogous. <laughs> the word is analogous, Buford. Thank you, Max. So I just want to warn you all now that I may not react predictably. I mean, the, I think the biggest threat will probably be Rommel and his many big guns. I just don't know if the brain is here or if I will run into it. But there's a reason I've never gone back and like, you know, cap that fool, as you say, on your planet, um, because I don't know that I could go through with it because it's like, oh, hey, there's the rest of my history and life and personality in that jar. And it would sure would feel good to be uh, reunited with all of that part of me. Is there a... Is there a possibility that Yaush has sort of supplanted the elder brain? I've never heard of anything like that, but I, like I said earlier, I don't fucks with beholders, so this is a whole new ball game for me. Just thinking about what would be the worst contingency we'd have to look out for, you know? Just... Can I just say, as a DM, I love when my players uh, <laughs> come up with all the worst contingencies they might have to deal with. I love that. It was a big fan. Because <laughs> I was worried about what happens if I have to face the elder brain that I still have some affection for because it's, you know, part of me. And now you're like, oh, what if the villain killed that part of me <laughs> or something? And now it's like, oh, no, du- like I'm double motivated now. Oh, man. Well, there's a few ways this could go. but <laughs> Yeah. Buford will say, um, well, I don't know how... I don't know, reassuring or something like this is, but it might be something to keep in mind. You got everyone back on the Resubian. They're kind of, it's not a true hive mind, I guess, but kind of like, I don't know, an adopted hive mind. Sort of like uh, just because someone's your father don't mean they're they're your daddy, that sort of thing. Yeah, I mean, that's why we have Cap Cap, so we're all together in the hive mind. It's good, it's just... I don't know. It's you'll only ever be a tadpole once. Nod sagely. Was never a tadpole. <laughs> <laughs> Look, you've never done the you've never done the holodeck simulation where you just pretend to be a tadpole for a few hours. I think that would be horrific for someone. <laughs> That's just let's just play like the first like hour or two of Spore, isn't it? That's just all you're doing in <laughs> the holodeck, just. <laughs> Yeah, so we're, uh, we're all on the Tully right now, right? Going through mm-hmm. space. And it, yeah. is Cammy in uh, the other ship we hijacked or did we leave that ship behind? So, yeah, I was going to ask about this. Mm-hmm. I figured it would make sense to leave that ship behind for Bridget and Cortazar, honestly, so that they could use it if they're actually finished. Um, and we would just all be on the Tully. I think that'd be easier than taking two separate ships all the way. And that means Max can be piloting the ship. Yeah. And for what it's worth, I think Cammy uh, would also have volunteered to stay behind, uh, mainly because she's not built for going and uh, potentially having conflict with a bunch of illithid hybrids. Like, mm-hmm. Cammy is not built for that. <laughs> if Cammy elects to stay behind, like, with the greys and stuff, then Max will... Yeah. Have to take a moment to talk with her before the hand. Then yeah, uh, we we can we can we can rewind a bit and have that conversation as a sort of flashback, and then come back yeah. to the ship here. Sure. Uh, so when Cammy elects to stay with Bridget and Cortazar with the Greys, Max will be Max will offer no resistance to that, but say, 
a few things to her. First of all, uh, there will be, Cammy. I, I just want you to know that uh, I do not intend on not returning. I'm intending on coming back for you and everyone else, but it means a lot that you came out here with me and have been, you know, just perfect all the way. So I want to thank you for that, Cammy. I, 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 I appreciate that. I, I, I'm, I'm glad we got to do one of these together, even if I probably need to leave this, leave this bit to you just so that there's, you know, if, if, like, I, I, I'm sure these grows are fine, but if anything does go south, it'd be good for Cortazar and, and Bridget to have a, a root out of here, but mm-hmm. I, I know you'll come back. You, and. Yeah, if something you, goes this. yeah, if something goes wrong here, I have full faith that you can help help the others get out of here safely. That's, um, what look what worst worst case if nothing will go wrong with your all of your mission, but if it does, we'll take what we've learned back to the Resubian once this room is built. Mm-hmm. Also, this is a terrible time to bring this up, but I'm um, pregnant. <laughs> uh, but I think I found mom out here already. Oh, oh, that's such good news. Well, there, there's a, there's a bit of a caveat to that. Um, and with that, Max does the decryption sequence again, which doesn't manifest like a projection of Dash Ina out, but it does project um, the, it does changes Max attire to look more like their mother with the trench coat motif um, and the bow, which clearly signify that. And then they'll just say to Cammy, as far as I can tell, she's in Formith right now. I don't know how to help right now, but I, I know you'll come back from this and we can put our heads together and work out what this means thanks again for being on here for me cammy um and then max just sort of you know pulls her in for just a very long hug uh uh before uh they part ways for the time being wendy just yells over her shoulder remember your shields she jumps back on the on the uh, tully rommel Rom, Rom shouts shouts oh back. no cortazar no <laughs> oh no rommel's here <laughs> shit uh, Co- cortazar shouts back i brought six of them with me <laughs> somebody overpacked uh so jumping <laughs> uh, jump <laughs> Uh, jumping forward uh back to where we were on the uh on the tully monster um as you start sort of approaching the region of space where this partially built um dyson sphere exists uh you can see it from the outside it's in much the same sort of partially built uh status it's been in for the last several years there is scaffolding around the edge edges of it but clearly none of it has been been in use uh and from the outside, there is nothing to tell you either way whether they have stayed or uh, stayed in this uh, location or moved on. Um, the first indication you get either way 
is as you sort of cross, I guess you'd call it the event horizon, you start sort of getting close enough to the sun to come around the other side of the Dyson Sphere. I'm gonna need perception checks from you all. Okay. Yay. Ooh, that's a a botch. Uh, ten. Okay, we've got a botch and the group fails, so... You see something moving, mm-hmm. and it's moving fast, mm. but you don't have any idea what it is. It's just a very fast-moving little squiggle. It looks... It, it either looks small or it looks far away. It's tough to tell. All right. Wendy would like to cast Fairy Fire. Uh, which is a spell uh, each creature in the area where a spell is cast is outlined in light if it fails a dexterity saving throw. So she's basically trying to spotlight it so that we won't lose sight of it. And it's just I like glow. this I like this a lot. Um, mm. uh, give, give, uh, is there a roll Dex that save. you need for that? Dex save. Okay, let me gotta beat okay, 13. That's, she's a barbarian. That's gonna be just <laughs> straight d20 for that. Uh, ten. Okay, so uh, th- this is this is a failed roll. Um, the object that is very quickly moving towards you is now spotlit. Um, with the help of this spotlight, you can tell that whatever it is is undulating as it approaches. Like, it seems to probably be organic rather than mechanical in terms of how it's moving. Oh, no. Okay, okay. Well, well, we have a freeze ray. I say blast it. Yeah, we definitely can blast it. Um, if it's if it's now spotlit, like I've shot this, you know, purple light out at it, which is clinging to it. Uh, do we have enough of a look to roll maybe nature to know if this is just a nice friendly blob or if this is Gorflow Destroyer of Worlds? If, if you want to roll nature, go ahead. This will be your final roll before it arrives. <laughs> it arrives. And a 12. All right. That's a zero botch. Oh, my oh God. Oh, gosh. T- this... uh, an eight. Yep. I'm... Okay. Uh, yeah, so that's <laughs> another botch and the group fails. Um, Rip and piss. You are... <laughs> yes. You are completely and utterly blindsided by this thing. You are trying, like trying to work out what it is, and you assume it's further away than it is, and then very quickly realize, no, it is closer and larger than you thought it was. Uh, I'm going to reveal what is very suddenly upon you. Aww. Oh. It's a squirmy. It's it's a big, big slug. He's a big guy. It's a giant purple worm, isn't it? Uh, It's not quite a purple worm. Oh no, is that a purple worm mind flayer thing? Oh dear. Uh, so these don't exist in 5th edition, but back in 3rd edition they had a wonderful thing called a mind worm. Hell yes. Uh, which is basically an illithidized purple worm in space. Oh my god. Oh good gosh. Laura and I have gone deep into the lore to get the real pervert shit. Oh, yeah, I've, <laughs> I've, been, like, I've been digging for the weird deep cuts this season. I want to I wanna make lore about stuff that Dice Funk has never touched. Yes. Um, so, we are going to have some spaceship versus mindworm combat. Oh my god. You do not have a chance to prepare in advance of this before this thing is upon you. Um, 
We are going to play a little loosey-goosey with the rules to make some spaceship combat. I, I spoke to Skitch a little before the episode to uh, sort of facilitate this. The, the long and short of how, how I want to do this is... Uh, Buford and, and Wendy, you will be using your regular um, character sheets for trying to get the Tully monster to attack this thing. Um, Buford, obviously, you will be reflavored manning the ice cream laser. Okay. Uh... And Wendy, uh, you can reflavor yours as uh, casting spells through the ship. Skitch is going to be uh, Max is going to be piloting the Tully monster, and we've 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 talked about a mechanical way we're going to do that. Uh, so I was just going to say I thought how this was going to work with Buford's going to stick his arm through a porthole and just punch the worm. <laughs> Look, if you if you would rather just stick your your arm out and punch the worm, you are welcome to do so. The piloting the the ice cream laser was a suggestion, not a requirement. I I would have actually suggested that Wendy operate the laser and Buford's operating the claw just for like the thematics of it. I think Buford should operate the laser he invented. It's your laser, bud. Okay, then sure. And I'm a barbarian. I want to hit him with the big claw. My question is, does do I get wild yeah. magic? Uh, I think you can get wild magic. Uh, if you want to channel your uh, your magic through the ship, I think we can... Uh, look, we're at a point in space travel where a lot of magic users are flying spaceships. I feel like channeling your magic through the ship is uh, probably part and parcel of ship design at this point. Yeah. In the canon, the spell jammer ships are controlled by spell jamming helms, which is literally a magic user sit, you know, sits in a special chair. Yeah. We're not really using those, but yeah, that's the idea. No, sure. but like, yeah, I, 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 it's up to you how you want to carry the, the flavor across, but I'm more than happy for you to have access to your magic and particularly wild magic through the ship. This is flavor more than anything, so we can do a cool space battle. I bombed that initiative five. Eight. I, I, uh, Ma Max turns on the true seeing and rolls a natural 20 on initiative. Uh, oh. Like, like their, their pilot instinct just kicks in. And uh, I, I, would, I would say that their posture exudes a comfort and confidence that seems... I want to say unnerving, but unusual to uh, Buford and Wendy, because uh, this is probably the first time they're seeing Max in this particular element here. I th I was like, I have gone so far back in these old D&D &D monster manuals. I'm on drive through RPG looking at the black and white drawings by people who failed eighth grade art. And I was like, I've seen <laughs> all the best weirdo shit. And then Laura comes out with the mind worm. Are you kidding me? I look. I looked at a list of every illithid hybrid variant that has existed over the last five editions of D and D to be like, there's got to be some weird shit in here I can mine. Oh yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. Dan, can I check? Was it the eight or the two? Uh, it was the eight because I have a the advantage. Eight. Okay, that's fine. I, I thought you had advantage, but I wanted to double check. So it's uh, Max, Mindworm, Buford, and uh, Wendy. Cool. Uh, so the way we're flavoring. Uh, Max's Max's turns here is uh, to try and get uh, advantages uh, for the rest of the crew, or to try and avoid damage from this mind worm. We're going to be rolling skill checks with advantage uh, that fit the flavor of what you're trying to do as a pilot. So, do you have either a skill in mind or a maneuver in mind that you want to play around with? I already have one. So Max, yep. being kind of the first one to actually react realizes that we're in a bad spot and needs to sort of give the team a little bit of room. 
So it, Max is going to try to engage in evasive maneuvers by way of, I would say, misleading the mind worm as to where they're going to end up being. So I'm going to try to like evade out and misdirect it accordingly. So, so is that a is that going to be deception? I would. That's, is, that's what I was gutting for. Deception. Yeah, yeah. Give me give me deception with advantage. This is you and your element. That would be a sixteen there. So that's that's pretty good. Give me give me the flavor of how you do this. Okay. So basically, uh, what Max does is uh, the the mind words coming straight for them. So Max guns the ship in reverse, and then. Scoops upwards so that they're flying backwards, uh, looking downward on the worm as it passes by temporarily. And Max will just sort of say to the others, All right, it bought us a few seconds here. You better make the most of it, others. Uh, so what I'm going to give you for that, and I'm playing a little Calvin Ball with the, uh, yeah, the rewards uh, that we're going to do here. Um, I think that the Mindworm is going to get disadvantage on its attacks against the Tully Monster this turn. Mm -hmm. uh, so, let's do a roll. Uh, the way I'm going to deal with damage is that anytime damage is dealt, I'm just going to roll a d3. Uh, and one of the three of you is going to take the, the damage, and that will be flavoured as where the attack has hit the ship. Like, which bit of the, uh, mm -hmm. the ship took the damage. So, let's roll... Uh, uh, that is a nine. Uh, a nine is not gonna do it. I have, uh, I have an AC in mind generally for hit the ship, which, uh, has not been hit here. It is now Buford's turn. All right, uh, so we're, we're just having me do a regular attack for this? Yeah, if you want to do a regular attack and tell me sort of the flavor of, uh, how you do it with the ship. Oakley dokley. Uh, let's see here. Uh, that is 25. Uh, yeah, so 25 is going to hit. I'll roll damage for that then. Uh, 15. Uh, so Max has established that they, they've sort of um, like Matador Olaid the, uh, the bowl that is the worm. <laughs> and I think as it's passing under, uh, under the ship, Buford just blasts it along the length as it passes uh, by uh, with the freeze ray. Just guns right into it. Okay, uh, you do just miss with the second one. It's it's it barely barely missed by like a hair's breadth. All right, so uh, you jump on the uh, you know laser cannon to shoot shoot your ice beam at it. Uh, Wendy's gonna fly over to the controls for the big claw at the front of the Tully. We've discussed this prehistoric monster. The ship re uh, resembles it's kind of a long tube with this face claw, and she's going to use her barbarian abilities to swing the claw. Uh, at the thing, way barbarian swings an axe uh, for her super sentai transformation, her magical girl transformation. Uh, as she sits down to do wild magic, she says, It is by will alone I set my mind in motion. It is by the juice of Safu my thoughts acquire speed. The lips acquire stains. The stains become a warning. It is by will alone I set my mind in motion. <laughs> it's from Dune. We're fighting a big worm. Who, who is Safu <laughs> and why do you have their juice? <laughs> Too late. I've already Does done wild magic. Good? No questions. Uh, so you now in rage. I am enraged. Okay, we got to get that that D one hundred and see what happens. I want to. I want to create my own NPC now. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Uh. Austin. Oh no, that's not a good noise. Yeah, <laughs> this is uh, scary. Look, look. Mechanically, nothing's wrong here. 
Um, you gain a new set of teeth. Oh, sick. I love it. Hell uh, yes. Well, well, let me finish reading this. <laughs> but not where you might think. Uh, your baby teeth, I'm going to put in inverted commas, are pushed out one by one over the next 24 hours. For the next 24 hours, you are going to have to keep dealing with, ooh, a tooth fell out. As new teeth come in. Honestly, when he's into this, the aesthetic of someone just leaving a trail of teeth is metal as hell. <laughs> yeah, look, mechanically this does nothing, but if you, d I will say, if you want to give, like, get intimidation by throwing a fistful of teeth at someone later, you have that option. Oh man, a fistful of teeth is a good term. My favorite Clint Eastwood movie. <laughs> Look, you're welcome to put fistful of teeth on your character sheet as a thing you have. When you guys were little and losing your teeth, did you just rip them out as soon as they got loose? Because that's what oh I did. God. I ripped out a lot of teeth. Oh, See, so, no, like, you're, gonna no. say, you're talking about Clint Eastwood movies. Like, let's run up there with the good, the bad, and the baby teeth, you know? Just like... <laughs> Boo, <laughs> I attack Skitch. <laughs> 12 and 19 are my attacks with advantage because of the fairy fire. I assume 19's going to hit. The 19 hits, the 12 does not. Boop. 20, as Wendy swings the big claw on the Tully into the center mass of the worm, just trying to cut it in half with a, just a broad home run swing as teeth clink onto the floor of, of the ship. I, I have a flavor question. When, when Wendy is operating the claw, is it like human-sized controls that she's just physically pushing against and flying? <laughs> <laughs> I think they're human sized and she's body slamming the yeah. joystick. <laughs> perfect. Oh, that's perfect. Uh back around to Max. Uh what is what is Max trying to do this turn uh with the ship? Alright, so we've got ourselves a little bit of spacing here. So I think the next step is gonna be trying to identify like glowing weak spots for people to attack at there. So, you know, Ooh. yeah. Um, yeah, so is is this sort of more more spectres you like trying to spot the glowing weak spot, or is this you trying to like position yourself so that the weak spot is like lined up ready for them to hit? I feel like it's more. I mean, I feel like I have to do the first before I do the latter. I first have to find out where the weak spots are, and then I can move into position to go after them in the next turn. There, so. I I, I think if you want to go for, say, perception with advantage, you can definitely, like, highlight a weak spot yeah. that can be fired upon. That would be a natural 20 on that with a 23 oh. there. Hell yeah. Not only do you do you locate this this weak spot, you perfectly line up for advantage for, uh, like, oh, you've already, got you've already got advantage. How do I give you both more ability to hit this worm than already having advantage. The do rare I let you roll triple advantage. Do I let you roll three times and take the best result? I think I have to. <laughs> this is your cool space battle. <laughs> there's there's some there's some other things I could propose that'd be more busted, but I'll I'll avoid I if they're more busted than that, uh, I think I think three rolls and taking the best result is yeah. good enough. Um it ba ba basically you gain the advantage of the luck feat for a round effectively where you could roll three times there. Yeah. But yeah. So, uh, yeah, Max is, like, 100%, like, amazing piloted to give you, like, the kill shot moment here. You're going to have uh, a great time. I will say that the maneuver that Max does here can be best can be described as drifting the Tully along the flank of this worm. A maneuver that I don't think uh, the others realize you could have done with the Tully to actually make it move just laterally as elegantly as this is. And um, all of a sudden... After moving for a period of time, it sort of comes to an almost an abrupt stop, 
moving at the same speed as the worm focused on a particular point along the side of its body. Holy uh, shit, Maxi Max. We should do all our fights in the ship. We're way better at it this way. Th- this is why I put the laser in here. Max is fucking killing it. <laughs> it's it's not a super precision uh, method of attack. You might get some collateral damage that might not be ideal, but for fighting, I think it's space. It's pretty cool. Uh, time for the worm to try and attack back. So it is it is not happy, and it's going to try and take a big tail swipe to uh, sort of knock you off course if it can. It's got like little caterpillar legs too. Yeah, it's that's its equivalent of tentacles. It's just like little, they're, they're tentacle size, but because it's such a big worm, it just looks like little little nubbins. I, I can't stop looking at its horrible little face tentacle. It's awful. God. <laughs> okay, so it has rolled a twenty-one to attack, so it is going to hit the ship. Let's roll. Uh, one is going to be Max, a two Buford, and a three Wendy as to who's going to take damage. You you would hit a little little lady like me. Yeah, Wendy Wendy, you are gonna you are gonna take the damage. You're in the bit of the ship that's gonna get hit. Uh so let me work out. I assume this is bludgeoning damage, which I have resistance to. Yeah. Uh that does set off your hellish rebuke. Oh my gosh, my my unstable backlash. Uh, that's the one, your unstable backlash. It, it's going to set off the thing where wild magic... Does your previous wild magic stop and you get a new one? Yes, that's how the way it was worded. Okay, so you, you do have a few teeth have fallen out. You now have a slightly mismatched mouth of teeth where some have been replaced and some are old. Asymmetry, let's go, baby. Yeah, some, some of your teeth are in the best state they've ever been in. I rolled a 12 to replace the teeth as they uh, clatter like chiclets onto the control panel. Okay. Uh, Wendy, your teeth are no longer falling out. Um, you do now have a third eye on your forehead. Holy Christ. Um, you have advantage on perception checks for the time being. Okay, so from everyone else's perspectives, the worm hits the ship, I go flying, smack into the wall, and when I turn over, <laughs> I just have another <laughs> eye. <laughs> And a handful of teeth. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm just laying in a pile of teeth, blinking all three of my eyes. Max, did you did you know that Wendy had teeth? <laughs> I I listen. I might have eyes in the back of my head right now, effectively. But the answer to that question is no. Uh, might as well focus on beating the shit out of this thing, Buford. I'm sorry. There's a lot of weird stuff happening back here. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Uh, B- Buford, it's your turn to have have triple dice rolls uh, on right. hitting this thing. <laughs> Let's see how this goes. One, two, three. Okay, 17. Ooh, that was oh looking my, bad. Oh my god. Are, oh my god. I, I got two botches at a 17. <laughs> oh! Oh! I... I've, I don't think I've ever seen a double botcher version like that. That's beautiful. Um, yeah, yeah. 17 is exactly enough to hit. Oh. <laughs> okay. Oh, God. Like, Max? I was very distracted by it. And you know what? It shows in the damage. I only got nine. All right, we'll do your second attack. Let's see if we get two uh, more botches in there. Oh, da- Wait, that's bare minimum damage. That's two more ones. Oh, oh my gosh. All yeah, right, so you, you 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 barely scrape through an attack out of confusion at Wendy's whole situation. 
Yeah, <laughs> I think Buford maybe like didn't realize that she um she like her wild magic made her teeth fall out, and he just assumed that she was horrifically injured <laughs> and fucking obliterated her face. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, one, two, three. Uh, okay, uh, twenty nine. I think that hits. Yeah, that one is gonna hit. Yeah. Uh, twelve damage. So that would be twenty one damage. Yep, Wendy flies back up onto the control panel for the big claw and butt stomps the button that makes the claw swing, you know, the way Mario does when you push Z when he's in mm-hmm. the air. Uh, <laughs> let's go first is a 19, second is a 21. Those are both hits, huh? Yeah, they are both hits. 44 is I tried to snip this wiggly guy in half with my big claw hand. And that is your total damage there is 44? That is my total damage. Okay, lethal or non-lethal? Lethal, snip snip. Okay, describe to me how you, uh, describe to me this lethal attack. Yeah, so B- Buford is zapping it. I guess the the way this works is that Max is doing just unbelievable aer- aerobatic maneuvers on some Top Gun shit, is flipping around to all the optimal angles. Buford is zapping uh, the the mindworm with the ice ray to kind of restrict its movements, and then uh, you know Wendy seeing her opening flies up there, and just as the worm is just like you know rigid in space from the ice, she maneuvers the claw around its center mass, and then just slams down like the you know the grip button, <laughs> and just makes it go maximally closed, just all the way, uh, and just crushes it in in half basically with the big claw and then it, there is just simply two pieces of this big worm i guess it's possible there are now two worms but i don't i don't know how this thing works <laughs> no uh this if this thing is gonna become two smaller worms it's certainly not gonna do it quickly so you f- from what you can tell you do seem to have uh, dealt with the problem uh so yeah you 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 have defeated my giant worm <laughs> Ah, the worm puzzle has been solved. <laughs> Wendy, for uh, safety purposes, could you use that claw there and hurl this thing into the sun? <laughs> yeah, it's actually a lot further away than it looks. Uh, but yeah, it'll get there eventually. And she you know, pushes the pieces in that direction. There's no friction in space, so they will arrive eventually. Yeah, yeah they are moving slowly towards a sun that is like closer than a sun is usually for you, but it is still... A long way away. This the Tully monster is not shielded for getting that near the sun. No, I think on some level, like Wendy thinks, like should I feel bad about cutting in half this thing that was part of the same you know experiments that made me? Uh, but she, as far as she knows, uh, purple worms like the they're basically shy hood from Dune. Like they're not, um, you know, they don't walk around like have conversations and philosophy and art and stuff. So. so- Look, you don't know this in character, but like, I just want to talk about the lore of these things because I find them <laughs> fascinating. Mindworms can have conversations. They are sentient creatures that are cognizant and can learn language. Yeah. I mean, that's what happens to everybody after the tadpole. Yeah. Even like the ropers get more of a yeah. personality. She just doesn't know it's, that. She's just like, it's yeah, a big worm. No, I, I, I didn't expect you to, but it's like, yeah, no, they, they, they totally gain language when tadpoleized. I guess they're kind of like a cooler Neophilid. Yeah, Neophilids are when the tadpoles don't get implanted and they just get bigger and bigger and then go crazy and become feral. Yeah, it, the, the big difference here being that they they aren't feral. They are 
very dangerous because they are a purple worm that can logic and reason. Like, you could have an argument with with this kind of purple worm, and that is a that's a prospect. It will beat you in a chess match and then eat you afterwards. Um. Uh, so yeah, uh, if if you didn't previously, if if you if you hadn't been certain before, you now have a pretty good sense of they're probably still here. This is a good spot to be. Not too many people fuck around between a Dyson sphere and a sun. Uh, I think the way we're going to flavor this is that like the the lab is somewhat cloaked despite you know its location just to make sure it's definitely not seen but wendy's like hey this is a good sign they're here i know where to where to find the cloaked base and sort of make make uh the way in uh, i don't know if there's any sort of trick to it but you you sort of navigate us down however you would have previously gotten there yeah can i roll a hit dice to recover my uh, bonk damage Oh yeah, if you if you want to take a if you want to take a short rest and and uh, roll your hit dice, you've you've got a minute. The inside of a Dyson sphere is a pretty big spot. And she's cater she's categorizing all her teeth by size and shape, <laughs> so they can be deployed at a moment's notice as she heals. You holding up all <laughs> you holding up okay there, Wendy? Um, what do you, do you think this eye clashes with my face? I don't. I need to get new sunglasses. This is not going to work. I'm, well, oh. I'm pretty sure Kami can make you a pair of, like, you know, tri-lens sunglasses, you know? I've just realized you're going to have an easier time categorizing teeth because you've now got advantage on perception. You're going <laughs> to categorize them so good. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry to interrupt. Wendy, is that, is that permanent? Is this this just how your life is now? or? <laughs> now, next time I get in a big fight, something else weird will happen. Wild, simply wild. I, okay, I'm frankly, I'm really tilted by this. Jesus, sorry, Jesus yeah. doesn't exist in this universe. No, he does. Sure. Ah, uh, even more wild. <laughs> <laughs> but he was a mind flayer, strangely enough. <laughs> That's what they don't tell you in Sunday school. Well, uh, if anything, it probably helped you get that last hit there in Wendy. So you know, good, good going there. That's very humble of you, Ace Pilot. I feel like you're deliberately not taking the credit for your sick moves. I mean, uh, listen, I'm just doing what I can to help, you know? Matt, Max, you you, you did a, a Toro Toro Ole on a <laughs> six-mile-long space worm. I think you can, you can take a little credit. It's... It's been a hot minute since I was doing stuff like this, and usually when I pulled maneuvers like that, it usually caused problems more than, like, created uh, strategic advantages, so. Uh. Yeah, it did cause a problem for the big worm. <laughs> I've been judging you based on your ability to climb a tree as a fish, but it turns out once you get in the river, you're a fucking badass salmon. For some reason, that makes more sense than I think it was intended to, Wendy. But, but yes, thank, thank you. Um, no problem, Salmon. All right. Well, I think we're getting pretty close to our target here. So, if we need to do any further planning, we should probably do that now before we dock in private to face a whole bunch of well, hybrid illithids potentially. Yeah, I know all the secret entrances. I can uh, lead you to them. We'll just leave the ship 
you know, right there under that unfinished annex, and then we can cross that beam there. We probably should be stealthy about it, she says, pulling on her really miraculous cloak. Yeah, it's a real wonderful thing that uh, has terrifying ramifications and, and consequences. Well, here, <laughs> here's a question. Would they be aware that we're here because of, well, the hive mind? Uh, yeah, I want to get a roll out of Wendy, and I think it's going to be, I guess, history to be like, do do you know enough about the security systems of this place to know whether they would know you're coming? All right, that's a nine. That is that is a nine, yeah. Um, uh, with a nine, I think what you know is they're probably not expecting you to be coming. Like, they don't get many visitors, uh, and they probably were assuming that the... Uh, the mind worm would put off anyone who got too close. You don't know if there's anything that you're going to actively set off, but you don't think automatically they're going to like have received a signal. Worm is dead. Full panic signals. Yeah, I feel like Wendy, when she was here, she just trusted the elder brain to like a an unhealthy degree to like know and take care yeah. of that stuff. So she's like that. I never really internalized any of that because I always had someone more powerful watching my back. Yeah. So. So. Yeah, do you want to come up with a sort of plan of a approach of how you want to flavor your uh, attempt to be stealthy as you approach this uh, this lab? Yeah, I think we're going to take the Talty monster to part of the unfinished Dyson Sphere, you know, clamp onto a beam with the, the claw so the ship doesn't fly away, and then do a spacewalk to a hatch that she knows isn't uh, like uh, guarded or secured or anything because the part it's in is unfinished. And I want to roll my stealth with my cloak. So I have advantage. And that is a 25. That is a 25 from stealth for you. If you are bringing the rest of the party, we are going to need stealth from everyone else as well. Yeah. All I'm right. trying to show everybody else how it's done. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I have disadvantage and a minus one. So let's go. <laughs> let's Let's go. Disadvantage. Let's see. You rolled better uh, than that's me. That's a nine. <laughs> Max rolls a nine. Uh, the second was a 20, natural 20. Fuck. Okay. So Wendy is like doing some like Mission Impossible stealth shit, like completely unnoticed. Uh, Max and Buford are just sort of, just sort of floating toward the space station. Not, not like loudly. You don't make sound in space, but also not, not really making a great deal of effort not to be seen. Like, wh where am I supposed to hide? It's space. There's nothing to hide behind. Yeah, as as Wendy kind of crosses the void of space, uh, her cloak peering into the other timelines shows uh, a universe where the Dyson Sphere was completed and is operational, and it's like beautiful. It's like the height of sapient accomplishment. It is like the pinnacle of all possible technology and you just get a glimpse at it as she goes into the broken section yeah. of this this building so mm -hmm. as a group you have failed uh on stealth uh nothing immediately happens uh so you manage to break into a uh sort of incomplete area of the lab uh it it was an expansion of some kind they were maybe trying to put in some new equipment to be like hey can we we want to like make bigger and bigger things uh, into into illithids, and like it would be useful to have extra space to like be able to do that indoors rather than having to like you know rent out a whole 
extra warehouse every time we want to make a purple worm into a into an illithid. Uh, so it's like partially partially built. The lights are out. There's a bit of sort of uh, lab equipment around, uh, but you are inside the uh, the lab. Uh, are you trying to head anywhere specific? Is there is there anyone or anywhere specific you think would be where you'd be getting information? Yeah, I think Wendy knows the layout, and she would try to get to the most um, isolated, like the most remote computer terminal or whatever just like the one that would, that would have the least traffic if people are still here and just like try to pull up like anything about Yaush or you know anything about the elder brain yeah uh i think that makes sense um as you start to sort of make your way out of this room you are confronted Oh my god, Gub Gub, you hit every beam and girder on the way in here, you son of a bitch. It was not made for people my size. <laughs> the vibrations are running through this entire structure. <laughs> what, do you want me to pull my limbs off? <laughs> I want to pull your limbs off right now. Uh, well, hold on, the... I think they got first dibs. Uh, through the window of the uh, the door to this room, uh, you see the light obscured by the sort of shadowy silhouette of what is unmistakably a gif. Oh, fuck balls. Uh, and the door swings open to a... Oh, Wendy, you've returned. No, this is a Wendy hologram giving you a dire warning. Is evacuate this Dyson Sphere now, or be destroyed. Message will repeat in five minutes. Did you miss us that much, Wendy? I thought we were going to have to drag you back at some point, but you came back willingly. <laughs> didn't buy that, huh? I didn't even roll deception. You just went right past it. <laughs> no. No. I... There is no world in which you... you I'm trying to think of any world in which I would believe that you had sent a hologram of yourself here to warn us about... We saw your friends bouncing around the, the, the scaffold. <laughs> you were not stealthy. Uh, holograms don't tend, tend to bang into the scaffolding. Well, you, you've clearly not met Gronk. In the background, Govin's <laughs> hitting the floor, the ceiling, still bouncing zero-G into every piece of furniture. Yeah, zero-G's not easy. I was going to say, well, we can see into other realities where that might have occurred. <laughs> just, just look at Wendy's cloak. Yeah. I, I, that's that's a very, very fancy cloak. Is there reality in there in which uh, you've already come back to us and I don't have to have this conversation? Who is us? Is it the brain or is it the beholder that shot themselves in the face? Both are cool, but think carefully before you answer because one is cooler. I mean, well, the brain... Of course. How is old Brainy these days? Thinking thoughts? Oh, absolutely missing you. Feeling incomplete without you around. Well, I'm very delightful. That makes a lot of sense. Really, really, like, can't wait to welcome you back with open arms. A big, big, throw a big party for you. It's, it's going to be a wonderful day. We're all very excited you're back. I love parties. Is there cake? Oh, so much. So much of it. Your, your favorite flavor and everything. Maxi Maxi, you were just telling me how much you missed cake. You haven't had a cake in, uh, since your last birthday. It's, that's, it's, it's what a great coincidence. 
I assume you brought these uh, friends of yours along to be, uh, well, joined into the fold? Actually, they hate being folded. They were just telling me they have, a, it's called origami phobia. You, they hate being folded. And it's not, it's just not going to work for them. Yeah, I'm mostly, I'm a lot of metal. It doesn't really, it doesn't really fold well. Oh, you're so, you always did have a wonderful sense of humor. Now get those, uh, get those lovely friends over here so we can get them, uh, a part of the family. Max will quietly whisper out the decryption call for uh, Dash Ina again. The bow manifests into their hand while the trench coat deploys, and Max will say, I'm afraid there's too many thoughts in my head to worry about any sort of interference from uh, any transmogrification here. So I'll have to politely decline, or impolitely decline if you'd prefer. And I've got a family already, uh, so yeah, I'm not going to be polite about it. Uh, eat my ass. Oh, don't worry. Once, <laughs> once, once the tadpole is inside of your brain, you'll be a lot more amenable. Oh man, I'm so glad that brain never finished the ass tadpoles. That would have been terrible. <laughs> the ass flare. Oh no no! I don't even know what that would be. Jesus! Yes, you do. You know exactly what it would be. Yeah, I'm kind of into it. Uh, yeah, no. R- Rommel is is uh v- very very much uh ready for Wendy to be home and for the two of you to be tadpoleized and uh, is stood there with a very large gun. I know we probably said this last time, but when you when you to for visual reference for Rommel, you added it on like some some purple squiggles. But I can't help <laughs> yes. but look at it. Squiggles coming out of out of his face to be like the tentacles. It really just looks like he's having some nice purple spaghetti, and that makes me kind of happy. <laughs> yeah, Rommel's purple spaghetti face is um, the level of my artistic ability. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think I want to say about Rommel's look is that you know normal illithids have like several slender tendrils. I think they have like six like thin like articulate uh, tentacles of their face. I'm thinking of Rommel as having like eight thick uh, octopus ass like sucker covered like extremely uh, like carnal in in the in the size of it because you know the hip the hippos are huge. Hell yes, this is this is this is the energy. There's enough tentacles here that I imagine, like, if the gun needs extra support to be held because it's such a big gun, <laughs> the tentacles could be doing some of the uh, the heavy lifting. <laughs> Holy shit! Uh, can I roll insight on everything Rommel said? Is it just that the brain is here and they they want us all to be back in the hive mind? Is that all there yeah. is to it? Uh, yeah, yeah. The the way that Rommel is is pitching this is. The elder brain is genuinely excited for you to for you to be back and uh, jo- join join the crew, and uh, also these two need to be tadpoled. I rolled a seventeen on insight. I was just curious if there's any Yaush data being withheld or anything like that. Um, Rommel certainly doesn't seem to be withholding. Like the the question you asked was like reading between the lines. You were trying to ask. Is Yaush controlling the like the one in charge here at this station, or is the uh, the elder brain still in charge? Uh, and Rommel was being truthful that the elder brain is still the one in charge here. Yeah, Wendy kind of you know has the ice pick ready, and she says, 
I understand the appeal of being in the hive mind with the elder brain. I miss it all the time. But there's a bigger threat happening right now. If we can put aside trying to kill each other, there's someone else who is trying to kill all of us. And maybe we work together on that first before we get back to this. Oh, I am I am of the exact same I uh, the exact same belief, and I think that if you came back and joined us, we would be a stronger force together. Mm. It takes like a week to get the full ceramorphosis done, though. I don't know if we have that much time. Okay, can we pause for a week? I'd really like to have a cool fox and someone with a big robot arm that were also tentacles, though. Wouldn't they be so fun to... Wouldn't that Wouldn't that look fun? Th- this isn't part of... like I wasn't born with this. The, the, the elephant would not get this. Oh, I mean, we we can keep this and plug it into into back into them when uh, when they they're seromorphized. It'd be a shame to let it go to waste. I mean, wouldn't wouldn't it just look? I don't I don't mean to be giving you suggestions here, but it would just make more sense to thrall me, in my opinion. Whatever. Uh, anyway, look, look, it's it's not up to me. It's up to the elder brain. I just want to see you uh, on on the team. Well. I already have my own team to come back to, so I'll have to, again, uh, let's say disrespectfully decline this time. I've already... Oh, well, it's been a while since I've had a chance to get the guns out. Uh, And Rommel produces two more small guns, which are now being held in the face tentacles. (laughs) We really should have attacked him earlier. (laughs) I... I I mean, it's it's both like, you know, as a player, you want to explore all the avenues, but also I think Wendy does genuinely have some reservations. Like this person used to be part of her brain. <laughs> like the, it's. Oh, absolutely. I, I, I'm joking. I'm joking when I say that just for effect as he produces more guns, the more this conversation goes on. Yeah. Yeah. Roll, roll initiative for me. All right. Uh, crit. All right. I botched and crit. I have advantage on initiative because of my feral sense. Uh, which gives me a crit and a botch, which is extremely funny. The feral instinct, it's called. And it's like, yeah, two parts of our one part of her is like, this person and I used to think the same thoughts, like closer than twins. And then the other side, this person wants to kill my friends. So they got to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, Max rolls a 21 for initiative. So that's t- they rolled a 20 last time and a 19 this time. Just fantastic. 11. Uh, you at least did better than the botch that uh, Rommel rolled. Uh, too too uh, busy getting more guns guns <laughs> in the tentacles and not actually starting firing. All right, he, he's he's gonna get jumped. Uh, uh magic wild well, magic time, huh? Yeah, give give me that roll. Forty two. That's the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy Wild Magic attack. Indeed. Did I put anything fun on forty two because of that? I don't remember. <laughs> Who knows? That was months ago. You get an, you get in a towel. He turns into a potted plant. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, what if a whale on... falls on top of us? Uh, I've just I've just seen what's on forty two. Oh no. Uh, I'm I'm gonna read it to you exactly as I wrote it in the Wild Magic table. Lol, piss pants. <laughs> Are, is that my piss pants or his piss pants? No, it's yours. You piss oh. you pissed yourself. Okay. This is not a great reunion for you. Uh, 
Wow, Wendy's losing teeth. She has so many eyes. Rommel didn't even comment on the extra eyes. I'm now I pee myself. That's why he botched on his initiative. He was so surprised that she peed herself visibly in front of him. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, no, there's no, there's no combat consequence for that. You have, look, you've you just got to role play that you've just pissed yourself. That's on you. Yeah, it is. She uh, to distract from it, she yells, uh, "It's morphin time! Try ceratops!" It <laughs> <laughs> attacks recklessly. Eleven and nineteen. Uh, uh, I I gotta check the numbers. Uh, the nineteen will <laughs> the nineteen will hit. <laughs> All right, that is 27 damage. She just shoots forward in a blaze of wild magic and just rams the ice pick into Rommel's chest just to try to, almost more out of embarrassment. Like, he has to die before he can really make make fun of me to bust my chops about the pee pants. (laughs) Okay, okay. Uh, Wonderful. Uh, Max, (laughs) it's your turn. I'm not sure what was more distracting about all of that, the, the the pants peeing or just the the triceratops or whatever transformation that Wendy claimed is her going into. Um, but uh, Max will uh, tap onto the um, the hexblade curse feature. I, I, I flavored as four myths guidance as a bonus action. So that is just uh, that's just slapped onto Rommel, and then we'll attack two attacks with the. Um, uh, with the bow, and let's go ahead and let's go with the first one. It's a twenty-two, and a fifteen on the second attack. There, uh, the twenty-two hits. All right, that's going to be nineteen damage. That's because plus five from the uh, feature yeah. as Max just sort of like uh, positions and kind of just gets ready for another attack, staying fairly close to Rommel, not getting too far away, even though they have a bow to keep range. Hmm. Indeed. Uh, then it's Buford's turn. If you fired a bow in zero gravity, would the arrows go faster because of lack of air friction? Ah, d- good question. So the way the arrows look like when they're being pulled and shot from the bow, they just look like basically just arrows made of pure light, effectively. Ooh, fancy. Uh, they're not. They're not. They're not like physical arrows, effectively. Uh, this is sort of a feature of the type of bow that Dash used. It's and so it's it also mm-hmm. it looks very celestial in nature because of course it does. Um, but or, yeah, I it, think Buford clocks that internally as all right. That's another point for it being a hard light uh, weapon. Scientists have looked into this. Apparently, uh, a physical bow it wouldn't go faster, but it wouldn't get slower as quickly. Like it would, it would have less deceleration, and it would fall to the ground less quickly in low Neat. gravity. Okay, uh, I'm a punch him. Yeah, twenty-five and fifteen. Uh, the twenty-five hits. Hurry, Buford, before he notices I peed myself. Twenty-four damage. <laughs> wait, wait, you did what? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Uh, so that's what twenty-four damage. Yep. Okay. So I, I think I guess the flavor on this is while Wendy is furiously stabbing and Max is pe- uh, peppering it with arrows, Buford just runs up like a an inco- oncoming truck and just clocks him. Yep. Yep. You you uh, get a pretty good, pretty good sizable smack in here. Yeah, and it probably can't because of the the distance like between um, Wendy and uh, Rommel. Buford will try to interpose himself in between the two of them to to try to like absorb whatever gunfire is about to about to come come out. 
Yeah. Um, so, how are we going to do this? Uh, so you've positioned yourself sort of in the way, correct? If he yeah. can't block Wendy just because she's tiny yeah. and probably flied up pretty close, he'll he'll try to protect Max. Then. I, I think I think you can get get in the way to protect Wendy if you if that's where you want to be positioned. Um, mm -hmm. so it's Rommel's turn. Uh, uh, who gets to do a couple of things? Uh, first of all, he's gonna throw a grenade uh, towards Buford. Uh. It's going to have a 20-foot radius, so uh, it, it is probably going to get Wendy. Uh, Wendy's going to be in the radius as well. Uh, it, it is going to hit everything in a pretty big range. I'm going to need a dexterity saving throw from you both. Hell yeah. Oakley doakley. I have advantage on this from something called Danger Sense. Danger Sense. Let's go. I got a seven. I got a nine. Oh, my lord. <laughs> that's that's a botch in there too. Yep, you are both gonna uh, take some grenade damage. Uh, thankfully, there is a limited number of these grenades. There's not many of them, but uh, you are both gonna take. You are gonna take 16 damage each uh, from from the from the grenade, uh, and then Rommel is gonna point their uh, their big old shotgun in the direction of Max. Uh, so, let's roll to see if this hits. Uh, 19. That does hit. Yep, so let me find that damage. Uh, 11 damage to Max. Can you give me a deck saving throw? A deck saving throw can do. Uh, 16. Uh, that will not succeed, so they're going to get the full brunt of Char's counterattack, um, which is going to be 26 fire damage. So, where the shots land on Max, it looks like some red lilies blossom at that point and then just erupt out in arcing flame that hits uh, Rommel right back for more than double the damage they did to Max, so... Oh, wonderful, wonderful. Um, okay, what do I want to do with this? Um, the last thing that Rommel is going to do with the turn, not very happy with you at all, Max, uh, is going to charge headfirst at you uh, and start just charging almost on all fours, full sprint at you. Um... So, I'm going to need a strength saving throw. Opportunity attacks from the melee fighters? Uh, yes. Uh, yes. So, you can take an opportunity attack. That's a miss. 30. Uh, 30 is going to hit. 12 damage. Right. Uh, 12 damage. Uh, okay, okay. Strength saving throw. Yep. I'll wait till you get that marked okay, out. Okay, yes. Yeah, so, I'm going to need a strength saving throw from Max. That is a... Three. Yeah, you're gonna take some bludgeoning damage here. Leave Max alone, you rude asshole. Uh, 19 damage as you are sort of rammed against the wall uh, pretty aggressively. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. That could have gone much worse, but that's that's what you took. Uh, it's back mm -hmm. around to Wendy. 
Yeah. So Wendy fights. Oh, sorry, her th- sorry. Before Wendy's turn, Rommel does go <laughs> piss pants. <laughs> now it's your turn. All right. Yeah. Wendy fights with this ice pick. That's a reflavored lance. So she can. She actually fights at range, uh, or she can. This whole this whole uh, campaign so far, I haven't had an opportunity to deploy this specific strategy. But if they're if we're in like an unfinished room in kind of space, I would like to actually go above Rommel and strike down. I, I think that is definitely doable. All right. So that, that's not going to change much in the moment. It's just a, something to think about. It may affect, uh, for example, gr- grenade blasts because I'm, I'm trying to yes. get make make the uh, radius weird, essentially. But um, st- we're back. We're still morphing time. Yeah. So here we go. Recklessly, 14 and 19. Uh, the 19 will hit. All right. And so you are going to take 22 damage as I try to stab... Uh, rumble through the top of the head with the ice pick and say, Maxi Max has the coolest cube in the universe. You don't know what you're fucking with. They're going to mess you up. I mean, I mean, it does look pretty cool. It's going to look a lot cooler when I kill them and take it. That'll be fun. Gotta make sure, like, watch out, watch out if you get too close to me then. And then all of a sudden, Max is, if it's Max's turn. Uh, yes. Uh, Max is going to need a constitution saving throw from Rommel. Uh, that's a botch. Okay, so you can determine if this does more damage than normal, but uh, they're basically activating Thunderstep in response to being pinned against a wall. So they teleport away to a spot basically on the other side of Buford. Um, this creates a thunderclap that can be heard up to 300 feet away if sound can travel in the vacuum of space. Um but like the impact, the concussiveness of it does 31 rolled damage to Rommel as Max teleports oh. out of the grasp and just lands in like a cool hero pose, bow in hand, and just a, a big grin on their face. Okay. Uh, Rommel is not looking good. Uh, not looking good at all. Uh Buford, it is your turn. Rommel is uh, on the ropes. Uh, all right, I'm going. I'm going to do the exact thing that Rommel did to Max a minute ago, and just full body tackle them into the wall. Oh, wonderful. there's another o- <laughs> Max pulls off another Ole. Twenty-four damage. For- uh, Twenty-four to hit. Uh, Twenty-four does hit. Ah, uh, nine damage. Damn it. Oh, that's a double botch on the damage too. Uh, nine damage. <laughs> It's just going to be enough. Uh, Lethal or non-lethal? I'll do this. So, Rommel is, I I guess, uh, has, like, dropped to one knee after this thunderclap has has blasted him quite, quite well. And Buford is going to just, like, shoulder charge into him, grab him by his throat, and pull, like, push him up against it so his feet are off the ground, and then turn to Wendy and just look at her. Yeah, this I was I was dreading this because uh, obviously he's very dangerous and it's the right move to kill him. But this is like you know this is her childhood friend essentially, um, and I think uh, she f- like flies out of the room. She basically bolts. I don't know if you're familiar with a uh, like this uh, uh, spatially spectrum behavior that I, I I've done this a number of times. It's like actually I'm gonna leave. I'm gonna leave immediately. I'm gone. I'm by, and she just like flies away. Okay, uh, from 
from like the look on Wendy's face, would Buford be able to get that she's just she can't make this decision? She can't choose. Absolutely. Okay. Let me th- let me think for a second. How is Buford gonna respond to this? I'm gonna make the what I think is probably the more interesting choice, and he's just going to take him. Uh, take Rommel and slam him into the ground unconscious and then strip him of all of his equipment. Interesting. Okay. Um, Wendy, you said you sort of bolted from the room. If you bolted like back out the way you came or like further into this facility? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I could see it going either way. I think she wants to get to the computer to like see what's going on, but she also she might want to just go into the safety of the Tully. Um, hmm. Do anyone have a, a thought about what would be more interesting? Because I feel like if she goes to the Tully, she just waits for someone to show up and then we have a conversation. That can be okay, but if I run dirt deeper in, I could get us mixed up in more trouble. <laughs> I, I, I think that. I, I think that you think you want to go somewhere safe and the reflex kind of shifts to like somewhere safe for Towards where the, the elder brain mm, right yeah. yes uh, yeah that's definitely it. it's like oh yeah not even on purpose she's like i have to get to safety right she thinks she's yes, going towards yes. the tully and before she knows it she's deeper into the lab going back to like where the elder brain was yeah yes and the thing i like about this is you're the only person in this group that knows where you're going in here so i think that this gives a good excuse for a bit of a bit of time delay before the rest of the group can catch up with you uh be, be before like we we because it sounds like we're splitting off to, to wendy for a second uh before this uh this happens before he's gonna leave a note for rommel and it's just gonna simply say if you ever try to hurt wendy again i will kill you perfect um see so yeah i think the the sort of where we're gonna sort of go and this is probably the last thing we're gonna do this episode is uh, Wendy, you are sort of fleeing, you are just trying to find somewhere that feels safe, and the next thing you know, you turn a corner, and you see just a very large tank in front of you. Uh, and no sooner have you stepped into the room than throughout your whole mind, you just hear, Oh, Wendy! That's you. Hi, Dracus, I'm back. 